My name is Ray Park. You may know me as playing Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo at Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, The Force is Strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you! Welcome to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast, where we talk about all things Star Wars. I'm Queen Amidala of the Naboo. And I'm General Skywalker. <laughs> happy, happy early Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we just wanted to, you know. Just do a little something, something. I mean, not go all out, but. No, no. I mean. Never. I didn't I... paint my nails, so I didn't go all out. I grew my hair out specifically for this in in in, in one week. That's impressive. Yeah. I can't really turn my head all the way. We're gonna have to just rotate my whole body. There we go. <laughs> Welcome back to the Star Stuff Podcast, where we talk all things Star Wars. My name is Colin. I'm Ray, and we're here to talk about Star Wars. We have um, we have a decent amount to just kind of talk about because there has not been uh, that much news uh, lately. We're Still waiting for you know trailers like Acolyte and mm-hmm. Skeleton Crew. Um, we there is a couple of the new Lego Halloween specials on Disney Plus. So if you haven't checked those out and you're in the Star Wars Halloween mood, go and check those out. Uh, and then there's comic news, which David Ray and Zach are all covering. Not this Ray, the other Ray. I was gonna say I was not informed about this. Yeah. <laughs> so go and check that episode out. Those are coming out every week on Tuesday. Uh, but yeah. So we've been doing costumes for a while. I've known Ray since 2017. 2018. Oh, yes. I started in 2017. Yes, I started. In no, the we met in Comic-Con 2017 because my first year was 2017, and that was my first Comic-Con. I didn't join the Pebble first until 2018. But I think you were there. Oh, okay. 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 All 2017, right. 2018, yeah. basically yep. the same thing. And uh, we both just love, you know, uh dressing up wearing costumes doing what heroes do uh <laughs> and i've as most of you know i have a love for anakin skywalker so doing anakin was a lot of fun i just realized keep going um i don't know what he's doing but if you're listening to this in the audio format go ahead and check us out on our youtube because then you can see our beautiful costumes because you know why not add a little more fun to it it's halloween halloween's a time of wearing costumes and i don't know about you but for me as a costumer it's also the time of year where everyone asks you to make their costumes for them so that's always a fun time of playing dodgeball with the requests but head on over to our youtube oh i see i see you forgot to remove your hand there you go anyways um yeah so yeah this is also interesting time for people who do costumes be because people like oh you're going full out for halloween it's like i get to wear this stuff all the time yeah so why not choose like you know something silly because my wife and i had a halloween party that we were going to and i was like yeah i could wear my stormtrooper i could wear anakin i could wear my captain america i could wear you know any of these um costumes to wear the time but then we were like let's just dress up as astronauts so we went to to spirit halloween and we just bought you know so yeah astronaut costumes i know last year i was just mothman 
that was my Halloween yes. costume. So yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, you can go all for cosplayers. You can go all out for Halloween, but I almost think it's a little more fun to do like the simplistic costumes, just because I mean we wear this all the time. Yes, and it can be a lot. Um, yeah, and you don't. This isn't something you necessarily go to a party in. Um, I mean. I can only wear this headdress for so long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so I was also debating on wearing my Stormtrooper, but then I was like, you can't sit in that. No, and I think that's what makes the Rebel Legion and the good guys superior to the bad guys, is we can sit. Yeah, but, you know, I can still reach over and pick up things. It takes you a minute. By the time you reach I over... I can to still <laughs> do it, though. By the time you reach it, a Rebel's already come by and snagged it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, w- one thing we we've been talking about recently is um, there's there's so much that goes uh, into these films and the shows and everything, but the real part of the thing to me that's exciting is the journey getting there. So adding the special effects and like all that stuff. But what's cool is you know. Some people don't know exactly how some of these sounds are created um, or like art or some of the stories behind certain scenes and how they got there and everything. Um, or what's what all goes into the costumes. Yes, yes. Um, we're going to talk about some of those fun facts. You said you had like 50. Uh. Uh, well, so in order to gather some fun Star Wars facts, I yeah. checked out, I put on hold about 50 different uh, nonfiction Star Wars books at the library. They're slowly trickling in, so we'll see okay. what I what I am able to glean from them. Okay. Because um, I've got one. Um, I just I I I've got this fun book I got um, a while ago. It's called The Sounds of Star Wars. Um, it's by J W. Rinsler, and the foreword is by Ben Burnt because you know he's like the sound designer. He's like the George Lucas of like sound. Like he worked so hard on all these wonderful things well he created like all of the iconic sounds oh absolutely and one of my favorite ones um do you remember the scene in uh in the phantom menace of where they're going through and then uh and then uh qui-gon jinn obi-wan and jar jar are going through the um are going through like the planet core yes and, and then Qui-Gon Jinn's like there's always a bigger fish mm-hmm. um that creature will come up and it takes a bite out of the thing do you know how they got that sound no Ben Burt lifted up his daughter and then he um they like had a mic and then he just kind of spun her around and as kids make those noises when when like they're playing around he used that sound but he slowed it down and you got this i love that so much that is awesome yeah so there's so many other cool facts like that yeah (laughs) i the weird little things that go into making this insane universe never cease to amaze me Mm mm-hmm I know for this costume specifically, um, the black stripes on the uh, surcoat are made with uh, hand-woven silk pods. Okay. Uh, 
which took I think a month for just that part alone and I'm like it's so insane to put so much detail and handcrafting into a costume that's on screen for such a short amount of time which I've had people ask me why do you do this costume because like it's hardly seen I was like well that's the thing it's hardly seen and not gonna lie it like looks super cool me and my croissant 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 Looks like we got some comments. Let's go. Let's go. Hello. Thank you, James. Um, we've been trying to convince uh, James, which is one of our other uh, podcast hosts, to do a Jawa or or, or another costume for years, and he just doesn't want to. And I'm like, you should do it. 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 Um. But yeah, so what's your favorite favorite behind the scenes fact for the Phantom Menace? Oof. I mean, the one that immediately comes to mind is uh, so this was, I think, Keira Knightley's first performance, and she was picked because of her similarities to Natalie Portman because yeah. they originally were gonna just have Natalie do both do both parts. Yeah. And on set, when they were in their full getup, uh, their own mothers could not tell them apart. They could not figure out which one was which. That's funny. And, I mean, as somebody who has religiously studied the Handmaidens, I can pick out the moments when it is Sabe and when it's Padme versus also being able to pick out each individual Handmaiden in the background. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and something else that you have to consider is, like, they are wearing... um, well, not in every scene, but some of them they're wearing like the white makeup or at the same time. No, no, they're not. No, because one is yeah. one is the queen and then one is the decoy. Right. Or one is being the queen and then one is being a handmaiden. Yeah, that's true. So. There you go. But yeah, with um, all the different, like I was looking into the makeup that they do and they had to create... Uh, a custom color for the foundation yeah. because if you go with too white it'll yellow out the teeth so you have to have something that's a little creamier okay that kind of counterbalances that so it took me a while to find a shade that i liked that wasn't too clown white but also wasn't too like skin toned either okay and um people have asked you a lot but how did you get the hair to be like that because because the way that you were telling me it, it, it you you approach it in a very different way yes so i do not have or i didn't have like the resources of like eva foam and uh what's there's another material that gets warbler i didn't have warbler either okay um, which i know is stuff that some people use for things like this um my background being uh, like taking a very Dutch approach, uh, I made a lot of my stuff out of cardboard. So my very okay. first Ray staff is all cardboard and recycled materials. So the headdress is made of cardboard and paper mache. Um, and then the uh, parts where the hair is, is just loose Kinecolon hair okay. that I kind of wrapped around and glued in place. Um, for the wig... I added on two like bundles of Kinecolon hair to create the 
uh, wrap braid that okay. goes up on the top of the head. And then the clip-on ponytail is actually just a clip-on ponytail of hair uh, wrapping around a Hershey Kiss-shaped pillow. Oh, okay. So that's how that one goes. It's actually pretty light, <laughs> but it's also very long. So yeah. it can get caught in stuff quite easily. Yeah. I never really wore a wig until I had this costume and it's, it's okay. It still definitely needs, um, it needs a lot of attention. Um, be, yeah. because for Anakin's bullet, it can curl up really fast in the back mm -hmm. and I, I, I love it. It's just, it, it, it is a lot of work. So I don't envy anyone that has long hair. Cause I can't even imagine that. Yeah. It can be, <laughs> it can be pretty interesting trying to get your hair up into the wig cap. Yeah. For me, I just do two French braids and then I wrap the end of the braids back up like around my head and pin them in place. Okay. So I have like a braid crown almost. Okay. Uh, and then the wig goes on super nice. What's your favorite costume of all time? And then what's your least favorite costume of all time? Of Padme's? No, of, 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 of just like in the Star Wars universe. Ooh, okay. That are probably going to be Padme's. Um, <laughs> well, which one? Because she has like thousands. I know. She has a different outfit anytime she's appear she appears on screen. It's quite insane. Because um, the Phantom Menace only takes place over a course of a couple days. Yeah. And she wears like 50 different outfits. Who do you think has more outfits? Her or or Lando Calrissian? Padme, definitely. Pa Padme? Yes. Have you seen Lando's closet? Have you seen all those capes? Yes, but here's the thing. She has a collection of outfits on Naboo. They had a backup collection of outfits on the emergency escape ship that they took off of Naboo. Yeah, it's true. Because she changes costumes before going back. I can't even imagine of what her 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 outfit um like collection is at the palace where they would have like an entire maybe like ballroom exactly just... because the outfit she wears to address the senate that like big huge headdress yeah that had to be on the ship yeah they didn't go to naboo to pick that up yeah so like it's so expansive um i think that one her senate address might be one of my favorites okay i would definitely do that costume if it wasn't so intense okay. um this was like pushing me to my limits um this one was very intense to build um thankfully it was a quarantine project uh yep it did take 14 months though of construction this was also well i got the first part of this during um at the end of 2021 so it's when i first started working at galaxy's edge and then um though the wig came in just a couple of weeks before uh star celebration oh yeah 2022 I this really wish. Took a while to come in. Yeah, I really wish I could have brought this one to celebration, but I have no idea how to fly the headdress. Um, I, it would have to be a carry-on. Yeah. And so I haven't quite figured out if that's a possibility or not. But yeah, we'll find out sometime because I'd like to bring it around. I remember the. I remember at at celebration 2019 there was all the handmaidens um, yes. that were walking around w w w uh, w with the queen. Yes, and I, I did get to meet her at yeah. celebration. She brought her. Uh, she brought this outfit, uh, so I got to meet her and talk to her about how she built yeah. hers. Um, yeah. I actually, following some posts she made on Instagram, um, I don't remember what her name is, but I can find it and then we can share it in the group or yeah. uh, in the description of. Uh, the podcast episode because she's so talented um the little 
ring pattern on the crown she used jump rings and individually cut and place them so like for those who don't know what a jump ring is on a necklace the little expansion piece where you can like choose how tight or loose to make it those are jump rings yeah and so i copied that idea and individually cut and placed over 400 rings into the headdress um it took me eight hours straight wow um it was definitely interesting and very tedious <laughs> but anyway we were talking about favorite costumes so i really like her senate one um just all the intricate beading and everything in the layers uh her my least favorite costume in the entire star wars universe is one from the clone wars okay that padme wears it's that purple one that's like completely backless and the sleeves oh. are not attached to the body of the um, dress. She, it's the one that she wears when we are first introduced to she's Senator with, Clovis. Yes, she's with yeah. Clovis when she wears it. It is absolutely atrocious and defies all science. How does that dress stay up? You can't put logic into Star Wars. I know, but it's you just, can't. You, it's so upsetting There is fire in space. Apparently, sometimes there's gravity. Yeah, and and dresses can just magically not, you know, fall apart. I don't I, know. I don't know because like it's completely backless, and it doesn't have straps, so there's absolutely no support structure, and it's also just kind of ugly and it's not a good color on her, but the dress makes no sense. I don't know. <laughs> Um, my favorite, man, my favorite is probably this outfit, but the Clone Wars outfit that he wears and, um, that Anakin wears in the Clone Wars is, is amazing. And I've always wanted to do it. And then the live action episode came out of where he's wearing it. Yeah. And I was so blown away. And some people were like, oh, he's moving weird. I'm like, you try moving an armor like that. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, like your whole his whole upper section is very is very restricted um because you've got the shoulder pads yes but it goes to like a certain point on the arms that i can tell so when like he's actually like fighting and then you know he probably can't lift his arms up like that high yeah uh, but i really admire that costume that's that's something that's currently in the works and um i'm very excited for that and i'm also growing my hair out for that nice yeah because as much as i love this wig i don't want to spend credits on another wig that i don't need to yeah when i can just grow my hair out because i can do that yeah you also know somebody who styles wigs so yeah i can help you out <laughs> i would throw the ponytail <laughs> over my shoulder but you know it's kind of heavy so fair enough uh for everyone listening please comment your your favorite um your favorite costume your favorite scene uh, i mean not favorite scene your your favorite behind the scenes fact like any fun facts about star wars that that people probably don't know that much about comment um i said mine do you have any more fun uh i don't know you want 50. i put 50 books on hold oh and they are slowly coming in well, how about the notes? I have not read them yet. I I I I saw on the shared notes thing, um, that that you and I have that you had facts there, and then I went to go look at them, and then they disappeared. 
Yeah, because I didn't. They, I was looking for in-universe facts, oh. like Squid Lake, and those were more like behind-the-scenes kind of a thing. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. George Lucas. Uh. So if you watch Revenge of the Sith, there's actually a lot of really cool um facts about that movie, like in the in universe facts so if you watch revenge of the sith and this is actually kind of ties into the whole squid lake thing Mm -hmm. because anakin is running up the stairs a lot of people probably know this fact but anakin's running up the stairs he runs um past a couple of characters and one of them is a pantoran and that would be george lucas and uh and and he is playing the chairman of pantora but what's really cool is that he is talking to his daughter like of, of his actual daughter but and and his daughter is playing the daughter of the chairman so they're playing father and daughter on yeah. screen and off screen which i think is very very cool and then you actually get a whole episode in the clone wars of with these characters they're not reprised by george lucas and his daughter unfortunately which i think that would have been really cool. Um, it he, he's voiced by someone different in in the Clone Wars um, episode, but is that person doing a George Lucas impression? I don't know. Oh, I know, I know. We just suck all the joy out of it. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not the one who did it. And then there's also when they first get back from the Battle of Coruscant, and they are going to, uh, they are going to the Senate building. If you look to the bottom, like rightish. You can see all the ships that are like at the Senate building docking in. You have a Corellian freighter coming in. A lot of people were saying that is the Millennium Falcon. But I would like to point out there is so many ships out there like that. Um, and a lot of people have been saying for years that, that 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 was the Millennium Falcon. I don't mind it, but I'm just like there's a lot of other ships um, out there that are like that. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's so many facts. There's so many fun facts um, that there's so many fun facts that I can't wrap my head around, like, because my head is just exploding. Um, Pause for dramatic effect. Well, you look at that. I will say, <laughs> I did get to have a conversation with E.K. Johnston, who wrote cool. the um, Padme trilogy books. And my first question to her oh, yeah, yeah. was, uh, this is my headcanon, but I need to know if it's like canon or not. Because Sabe and Anakin meet each other in one of the books. And I said that I think Sabe and Anakin have a Rocco and Elmo relationship okay. with Sabe being Elmo and Anakin being Rocco. And she confirmed it's canon. So I just think that's amazing. Because def- Sabe would definitely walk into him and go, hello, Rocco. <laughs> I've only, so I've I've seen that meme around, but I've really never... Like, I never really watched that full. Um... Essentially, Zoe has a pet rock named Rocco, and she loves Rocco. 
And Elmo is friends with Zoe and hates Rocco. So Zoe would be Padme in that situation. Yeah. Okay. So absolutely chaos and do not like each other. (laughs) Which, I mean, fair point that Sabe would not like Anakin because they meet each other, like, obviously when he's a kid. But then the next time that they see each other, she's pretending to be Padme and sleeping in Padme's apartment. And Anakin comes in and is just like, you're not Padme and tries to kill her. So just... Wow. Yeah. And she... So she wakes (laughs) up from a sleep, like... With a murder attempt, and she's just like, yeah, I don't like you. (laughs) Also, Padme does ask Sabe if she likes Anakin, and Sabe's response is, I can see why you like him. No. And I'm like, way to evade the question, Sabe. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Another fun fact. Did you know that the Millennium Falcon was supposed to look completely different? It was... There were a lot of different designs that Colin Cantwell kind of threw um, at Ralph McQuarrie and uh, and George Lucas, and at one point it did look like a, it did look like a flying hot dog. Um, it, I mean, and then it did look like a hamburger too. Uh, but I'm glad that we got what we got. Was Colin Cantwell just hungry when he was making these designs? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we actually did have the honor of meeting Colin Campbell. Yes, uh, we had uh, breakfast with him. Yes, yeah, a couple of years ago, and um, he passed away recently. Um, but he was he, he was a very very nice person. Yes, and he really loved Star Wars, and they actually honored him in Andor, um, because because there is a um there's a shuttle in there um well it's a cruiser and it's called and it's like a cantwell class oh nice and it is one of his original designs that he made that never made it into the original films yeah so. i because he had a signing after we met with him for breakfast yeah and so i got one of his prints of his original designs and he signed it uh to ray ray r-a-e-r-e-y yeah so i have that hanging on my wall yeah that was awesome. I I really really enjoyed those type of things, um, especially when they honor um, uh, the people who worked so hard on these films that mm-hmm. passed away. Uh, but yeah, no, I. Uh, and then there's there's the fun fact of um, which I was about to bring this up, but one of our listeners uh, has uh, has stated this as well which is one of their favorite um behind the scene facts is that tom hardy was supposed to be a stormtrooper in the last jedi have you seen that deleted scene i have not but that reminds me in sync was supposed to be an attack of the clones oh the boy band really they were gonna be jedi in the geonosis battle i didn't know that yeah but george lucas cut it last minute and everybody was upset we could have had in sync in Star Wars. I can't wrap my head around that one. That would have been interesting. I think <laughs> that they should have like 
canonize that and then they go on to like help max start the max rebo band because they're a boy band now now you're headed in the right direction yeah yeah um also um ek johnson has this uh little phrase that she uses um but in the phantom menace when they go to meet the gungans uh there is a shot it's kind of focused on sabe and behind you see some naboo guards Richard Armitage is one of the new yes, guards. Yes, and that was one of his first like acting roles as well, yeah. which later he would play Thorne Oakenshield in the Hobbit films. Yes, and so E.K. Johnston calls him stealthiest Armitage okay. um, because he just sneaks in the background there. You see him in, yeah, so you first see him in the uh, in the hangar mm-hmm. because he's, he's one of the pilots and guards that Obi-Wan comes in. And like, you know, saves and then you see him running and then you see him later. Yeah. In the forest. So, yeah. And fun fact on top of a fun fact is um, the character he plays, like he was a Naboo guard, but he ended up being a named character called Tanra, who was closer with uh, Padme and the Handmaidens. And Tanra ends up teaming up with Sabe to go to Tatooine to free slaves. Uh And then Tanra's like to Sabe, like, I like you. And she's like, well, I like Padme because she's my queen and I'm going to do whatever she says. And he's like, okay, I'm okay with that. And she's like, okay, cool. And then they started dating. (laughs) That's funny. Then, and Ray Park has two roles in the Phantom Menace. Oh, because he plays Darth Maul, but also he plays a Naboo guard during the oh. final. Um, he uh, he plays a Naboo guard during the final battle. Um, of it was right before they, uh, before Captain Panaka and Padme and them go out the window mm-hmm. and they shoot up. And you know it's Ray Park because you see his face, but he also wanted to add a spin to like the character, so he does like a really fancy combat role of course and he pointed this out at the at the at star celebration 2019 at the 20th anniversary panel Mm -hmm. for the phantom menace but it's just like you go back and 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 you learn these facts and then you watch it and you're just like that's that's so cool and then after listening to which we talked about when zach was here about if you slow down the music for the ending for the ending celebration song of the Phantom Menace, it is the Emperor's theme. Yes. And you just slow it down and you're just like, oh my gosh. Which I know I've said this before, but I really wonder because Palpatine was head of the Senate. Yeah. He was Chancellor. And he was also head of the Sith. So he was fighting a war against himself for control of a galaxy that he already had control of he was playing both sides yeah he already had all the power why is he starting a war he ruled both sides yeah and he's like i'm gonna have a war against myself so i can rule both sides well but he already was because he had to uh gain he had to gain the people's trust. He had to... Um, but he had it. He was chancellor. 
Right, but if you see in the end, though, people were they were questioning, you know, and then also he was definitely past his time that 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 he could be in office, and the Jedi were pretty much ready to overthrow him. So what his plan was, he needed a reason to have the Jedi turn against him so the public could really, really be on his side and not question anything, and that's where the Empire came in. Yeah, but that was, like, well before. Like, why did he start the war? Because he wanted power. Him and Darth Plagueis had, had a plan. power! He ruled both sides! Right, but he wanted to, like, have it all as one. He wanted to have it all as, like, one empire, which is eventually what he did. And he had a, you know... He, like, said that he had a plan. I just find but it But I guarantee weird. he changed the plan, like, halfway through. I just think it's weird, because... He already had all the power, and he's like, "I'm gonna start a war to get more power." It's like, how you already ha- you're already ruling both sides, right? Like, you have all the power. Why do you need more? That's not possible because you have all of it. The only other person who's more power hungry is Anakin. How dare you? I'm not gonna say I'm sorry. He was trying his best. He was doing his best. Because do it or not, there's no try. But he was doing his best to, you know, create peace and justice for the galaxy. Have you seen Attack of the Clones? I see through the lies of the Jedi. <laughs> no, because after he kills all the Tusken Raiders, he's complaining that he, he doesn't have more power. He wants more power. He was the best guy around. He murdered people. What murder? <laughs> also, um, what's funny enough about the him killing all the Tuscans, it's not funny, but... Yeah, I was going to say, wow, okay. <laughs> Sabe knows. Cause she was living on Tatooine at that time. She knows... Well, Padme also knew. Well, she knows that somebody took out a bunch of Tuscan raiders. She didn't know it was Anakin. Then she goes and talks with Padme, and Padme's like, yeah, he had an incident where he took out a bunch of Tuscan Raiders, and she's like, that was Anakin? So, she knows how dark Anakin is and can be. And listen, I'm just like, listen, oh, no! <laughs> listen, you know, he was 19. He was, he was 19, so who gave him a laser sword? <laughs> the jedi that was a big mistake (laughs) well you don't give a child a weapon well if you think about it anakin did start his training late because it sounds like jedi are kind of they're not kidnapped but they're like you know they like go to the parents and they're like hey listen your kids got great abilities we think he would be great in our school come and you know and you'll never see them again. That's the First Order. The First Order actually went in and kidnapped children. Okay, but Obi-Wan doesn't know who his brother is. Well. Because he never saw his family again. Well, that's because, you know, he can't have any attachment or anything because that's the Jedi way. And that leads so to the So you'll never see your family and th- and again. And that's why Anakin, you know, does. So you never you see do. your family again. That's what I'm saying. Well, what you're saying is true. From, From a certain, certain point, point of view. view. Yes. See? I'm going to make a compilation of that. I have to. I'm morally obligated. (laughs) 
but yeah, no, I, uh, so for Anakin, uh, his training has definitely started late. Uh, and because he's nine years old when he does, and it sounds like they normally start the training, like maybe around, you know, five years old. Yeah. Probably younger than that. I, w- I gotta say you wouldn't start younger than like three because. What is Jedi preschool like? I yeah, because you don't start. I mean, you can start preschool at three, but it's usually no, no, no. Is it young fives? C- could no, you... four and five is preschool. Could you imagine if like you're the teacher in that class, and then all these babies just have like force powers, and and it's... and one kid starts building like a block tower and the other kid uses the force to knock it down and then they end up getting in a fight and they're using the force and then the teacher's just standing there and they're just like what did i just sign up for it's just a bunch of baby jack jacks from incredible <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah oh man oh it's a good thing that the force isn't more like destructive so one of them isn't like combusting into flame oh my goodness i gotta imagine that would be um, quite a tiring yeah experience I... for a teacher not that all school isn't tiring for they, a teacher. I, I mean, in in the Clone Wars and then in Rebels, they they actually do get they do talk about like the they they find the very young force sensitive children because there's like when they're pretty much babies, like they're babies, they can't walk yet, but they can use the force. Um, and then we explore. L- we explore later on like of of when they get older and they can use their force abilities a lot better but i'm just curious of what that from that time period when they're a baby to get when they're a youngling like around like ahsoka's age when like she's you know actually becoming a jedi and all that stuff i'm i'm just curious of of what their daycare plan is like how do they do that because you know when you're a baby you're you're still learning, you know, your you know how to control your emotions and all that. So in a way, are babies, you know, Sith like of when they're, you know, because they can't control their emotions. But they're they're also I'm I'm just mad. I know, I know. <laughs> but they're also not like self aware enough to make that kind of a decision. Exactly, exactly. So no. What you're saying is not true from any point of view. Except mine. <laughs> uh, uh, fun fact. Fun fact. Um, the Rancor in Return of the Jedi originally was supposed to be, well, it was a guy in a suit. <laughs> and they tried a couple of scenes. They weren't getting the movements that they wanted to. And at that point, they were trying to get into the age of new technology because technology was slowly catching up to the ideas that George Lucas wanted to do for a Star Wars movie. And and that's actually why he waited um a, a while to do the Phantom Menace and and the and the prequels just because he was waiting for technology to catch up with his brain and all that. Mm-hmm. And the original uh concept for the Rancor was someone would wear a suit. There's actual footage of person wearing the suit it didn't look right because it was just like big movements and they tried slowing it down it didn't look right yeah so then they did um they did a puppet and a bunch of other things but 
basically it's it's a mixture of a puppet and um and claymation i mm. believe and they also did stop motion for for the ATATs and all that and that's how i fell in love with stop motion was just because there's there's a behind the scenes footage of phil tibbet um like it's just this white table of snow and then yeah. you have the ATATs. he would just pop open the door on the table move it go back under they would take a picture he would pop yeah. up again move it take a picture and they did that for hours yeah the the so stressful cool. thing about stop motion is if you mess up one frame you have yes. to start over yes try, I, try doing that with legos no i like we had to do a stop motion film project in college and that took hours just for like just a little video of something like tooling around on the screen and then exiting it took so long mm -hmm. i yeah i mean it's it's not that i don't have a problem with stop motion it's just like you have to have the patience to do that mm -hmm. and i think that's why any claymation stop motion that you see in star wars looks so amazing because they spent hours on doing that even though some of those scenes are like maybe for like 30 seconds or less yeah i am not a very patient person which kind of contradicts with this headdress <laughs> because i spent eight hours putting 400 yeah. plus jump rings on it individually yeah but I'm not a patient person. That's fair. Oh, um, Life Day. Holiday special. It's coming up November 17th. How do we feel about it? You still haven't watched it all the way through. Nope. We're going to this year. Hopefully. A lot of people say a lot of stuff and never follows through. Not not saying you don't follow through but just a lot of people say stuff and it never comes to pass so i almost brought peace to the galaxy but you didn't well until years later but you didn't and i threw the emperor down a shaft and then he exploded but he came back because so when you fall in star wars you don't always die boba fett palpatine Luke. Darth Maul. See? See? Proving my point. Nah. <laughs> sure. You know, the thing that's, like, good about this headdress, because, like, it's a little heavy, but not too bad. But the ponytail, the weight of the ponytail holds my head back, so, like, it helps me stand up straight like a respectable person <laughs> uh favorite lightsaber rays at the end of rise of skywalker okay the one from the staff i love i love that one so much and that and a, a lot of people were confused about her her crystal being yellow and they're like that's the first time that we got it in canon and like it's not true well also because it, of the temple guards it flickers green and blue before turning yellow yeah so it's not necessarily a yellow crystal yeah uh, i'm just wondering where she got it though she could have taken one of the crystals out of one of the sabers she buried but i don't know where she would have gotten the green one If you're painting and you mix blue and green, this is light. 
not light mixing light you can't colors, pull logic in star wars mixing colors of light and mixing colors of paint are very different okay what happens if you mix the light i don't know let's give it a goog you're the only person that i know that says goog you gotta give it a goog <laughs> i mean I, does that not make sense no give it a goog go to the goog machine There's so there's so many great great like behind the scenes like Star Wars facts. It's uh, did you know that the so remember the scene in A New Hope of where there is a there's a couple of Tuscans that like spot Luke um, and and three PO and the land speeder and they're they're going in and they're trying to find um they're trying to find uh they're trying to find r2d2 the bantha that the tuscan raider hops on is a baby elephant (laughs) and they put a bantha costume on top of the baby elephant i love that i love baby elephants too Mm mm-hmm so mixing green and blue light results in cyan, which is like a light blue green. Um, it'd be mixing green and red that creates yellow. But there was no red lightsaber that she, un- unless she took the crystal from. Well, no, because of it flickers green and blue. Right. Again, you can't put logic into Star Wars. You just can't. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, like I said, I went to a film school. I don't know the smart side. I don't know science. You don't know science? Science is cool, but I do not understand it. I just make pretty costumes and wear croissants on my head. Uh, Yoda had a bunch of different names at first. and Like Yaddle? No. <laughs> so, that is such a stupid so, name. One of the original names for Yoda was Minch. No. Minch Yoda. He's going to have a first and last name? Yep. I guess Yoda speaks backwards. Would Minch be his last name then? I I don't know. (laughs) Minch Yoda. So Minch was going to be his first name. Minch would have to be be his last last name. name because Yoda speaks backwards. So if he says Minch Yoda, well, well, he doesn't say. He doesn't say you know Anakin's name backwards. He doesn't say Skywalker Anakin. He says Anakin Skywalker. Fair point. Yeah. So. And sometimes he doesn't speak backwards at all. Yeah. Uh, and then another name that I guess his name was going to be was going to be. Buffy. Like the Vampire Slayer? Yeah. I don't think it was specifically because of Buffy Vampire Slayer. Obviously. And that wasn't even out yet, but yeah. But, okay. Why didn't the name Grogu Buffy? Grogu, they haven't really explained, like, of where they got that name. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. Huh. This belt does not allow for breathing while sitting. <laughs> Woo! 
I have a problem. Yeah. The back of my head itches. I can't die. I can't reach it. <laughs> There's no way to get to it. Because <laughs> it's covered by so much hair. Uh, I'm okay. Han Solo's famous line, um, I know you, was not scripted. Mm. The the original line was, I love you too. And Harrison That's Ford. Boring. Right. And... And Harrison Ford just kept saying it over and over again. And George Lucas and him were both like, this just doesn't, this, this doesn't speak on Solo. Yeah. And then Harrison Ford's like, I'll, I'll, I'll try something. And then, you know, you've got the classic, the, I love you. And then he's going down. He's like, I know. And then, I know. and then George was like, cut, wrap, that's it. That's the one. Print it. And Harrison Ford's like, his journey to, Han Solo was like his whole journey for Han Solo was very interesting because he wasn't even supposed to be Han Solo. Who was he supposed to play? He he wasn't even supposed to be in Star Wars. He was a carpenter and and he was doing a couple of projects and he's happened to be doing the one where they were doing the um the casting and he was working out of the door and then I think George or someone was just like, Hey, listen, hey, listen. We need some spots to fill in to have um, someone do a couple of lines for Han Solo. Are you interested? And he's like, is there money involved? And then he's like, yeah, sure. And Kurt Russell actually auditioned to to be Han Solo. He didn't get it, but we could have gotten a totally different. Wow. Yeah. And Tom Selleck almost was. Uh, he, Tom Selleck was almost Indiana Jones, too. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then and then during uh, during Empire, and then in Return of the Jedi, Harrison Ford tried so hard to get Han Solo killed off because of not that which you know something that Harrison Ford at the time was just like, listen, I don't want to do this character anymore. I've done my part. Let's move on. Yeah. But his, then he just keeps coming back, right? But his excuse was, I want this character has lived his story. Um, and he has fulfilled his purpose, have him be killed off so that can inspire the characters to fight on and do more and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, George is like, no, no, no. And it mainly was because a dead guy would not sell action figures. So it's just like, come on. Yeah. 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 Um, do y'all think uh, Yoda has a speech impediment? We've seen other members of his species not speaking in a reverse style English. That's true because you have Yaddle. Um, Does Yaddle speak? Yaddle uh, was voiced by Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> and uh, oh wait, no, that's that's the because that's in um, Tales of the Jedi. Tales of the Jedi. Yeah. Does she? Does Yaddle speak? No. Okay. It's got to be a speech impediment thing. Or maybe it's like a dialect. Like, if there's a planet and, like, the entire species yeah. on the planet is whatever species Yoda is. And maybe it's just a dialect. They came from different areas. Yeah. I, I mean, again. It's like a southern accent. We don't know what planet he's from. We don't know uh, what his official species name is. The only three existing... Uh, 
characters of a species that we know is Grogu, Yaddle, and then Yoda. Hmm. There was rumors that in the, I think, second season or third season that we would see the evil, um, we would see like a cross species or like an evil type species of, of Yodas in the Mandalorian season two or season three, I forget, that were going to try and uh, kidnap Grogu and then, uh, and then mando would have to go in and track them down and all that stuff and save grogu that was a rumor going on and at the time i was like i don't know if i want to know more about yoda species because that's something that he really wanted to that george wanted to kind of keep in lock like he didn't want anyone to know the mystery behind it um yeah something wrong with your croissant is it too heavy? Just alleviating some pressure. Oh. Um, where it meets right under the crown, um, it sits right on the very top of my skull. Oh, I get that. With a magnet. I get that. So it's like a pressure point right there. Some some helmets are like that. So I just put like, you know, like a like just a small, small tiny bit of padding right in the spot. I there. have padding in there. Oh wow. Yeah. It does nothing. See, I really wish there was a way to know how this headdress was originally attached because the costume has only ever been on display once and there's one single photo of it. That's it. It was in Spain, I believe. And so it's only been on display once. There's one single photo that I've been able to find of it. It's from like a uh, three-quarter view, so you can't see the back. There's almost no photos of the back or side okay. and those that do exist do not show how it yeah. is attached to the head and that is like the biggest mystery so i used magnets because there is no visual attachment it just kind of sticks there so and magnets are the most secure way of holding it to my head than anything else what was your first halloween costume that you remember and it probably wasn't star wars related because you didn't get um, into star wars until force awakens yeah so all of my siblings and i all had the same first halloween costume we were um like we were clowns uh so like they got that for when i was a baby i wore the clown costume then when my sister was born oh, for okay. first halloween she wore that same clown costume oh wow um and then for my younger sister the first one I remember, like, choosing was I was Mulan. Okay. Um, but I know before that I've been, like, I did, like, a cat. You know, like, your typical. I'm pretty sure I did a fairy. No, I take it all back. I did Sleeping Beauty. Oh, okay. Because I still have the hat from that costume. Hat? Yeah, um... So Halloween costumes, especially in like, um, I'm trying to think. It was just me and Nicole, so it's got to be like 99, 2000, maybe. Um, those Halloween costumes did not look like the movie costumes. They were very different. She had so it was a Sleeping Beauty dress, but she had a one of those like Renaissance like cone hats. Okay, and then it had a picture of Sleeping Beauty on it. 
Um, but yeah, I still I still have that up in my closet. I j- I just remembered that. Huh. Probably doesn't fit. The elastic's probably so small that I wouldn't be able to get it on my head. <laughs> but now I'm kind of tempted. <laughs> well, so one of my first Halloween costumes was um and it was a sibling one and it was where my siblings and I were dressed up as the original M&Ms, I guess. Oh, so nice. I think I was the red one. My brother was a yellow one and then my sister was a green one. No, blue. No, green. I don't remember, but we surprisingly we didn't get that much M&Ms. Like I just remember from uh, from my mom telling me that you guys dress up as M&Ms and we thought you you guys would get a lot of M&Ms and you 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 guys didn't get any. I know one year my I think it was like seventh grade. Uh, I was Wednesday Adams, and okay. around that time I I grew up with the original Adams family in black and white. Yeah. Um, and so obviously I was obsessed with it. My best friend, uh, was Morticia and then I wore uh, Wednesday and go. I even had like a little Barbie doll in a matching dress and it without a head cause she has a headless doll. And every single house we went to was like, wow, your pilgrim costume is so cute. And I'm like, I am in a short dress holding a headless doll. What part of this makes you think Pilgrim? Somebody read The Crucible one too many times and is uh, <laughs> getting a little creative. Crucible's dark. One of my other costumes that I did was Anakin. Um, a, uh, the same year that Re- Revenge of the Sith came out. And I I had my glove, and I've talked about this, but I want to talk about it again because I feel like I'm carrying on that legacy of myself as a kid, but I had the Anakin Skywalker re revenge of the Sith Halloween glove. And, and I used to wear that all the time. And then when I started doing this one, this glove came in, but the buckles just weren't right. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to find like a very screen accurate, um, a screen accurate uh, glove that's at a decent price. Yeah. So I, you know, as horrible as it was, I had to rewatch the movie. Crazy. Oh, and homework. I know. Crazy. I, not like I ro- <laughs> watched The Phantom Menace 50,000 times trying to study this costume. Yeah. And I zoomed in on the glove, and then I looked at old pictures of my Halloween glove, and I was like, those buckles actually look really good. So I went to my parents' house. I, I grabbed the glove, and I was like, oh, my God. And I compared the both, and... These buckles are probably one of the most screen accurate. Like, are they metal? Yeah, they're really. Sh- yeah, for a kid's Halloween costume. Yes, so that is insane. Yeah, so I, I did a um, I. So I use the term organ donor when I'm moving something from uh from one costume to another. Uh, so I did that with my old Halloween glove. So mm-hmm. I just took the buckles off of. Uh, off of my old glove and put them on this one and then i just looked at it and was like this is this is fantastic and not only does it look screen accurate but i'm carrying on the legacy of my younger self of um 
of bringing this character to life because I yeah. love I I love Anakin's character and I love uh, wearing this costume and um, just kind of bringing uh, this character to life. And that's that's my main mission when I'm doing these costumes is I want to um, I want to bring these characters to life and I want to do it correctly. I don't want I don't mind if something's off here and there, but if I'm doing a costume like this, I want it to be like, you know, I'm looking in the mirror yeah. and I see Anakin Skywalker back yeah. at me. Or, you know, I'm dressing up as a stormtrooper and I see, you know, like an actual stormtrooper. So it's for doing costumes like that to me is very important. It's um, and I've been getting a lot of questions like about my glove and boots and everything, because I approach doing Anakin a lot differently than other people, because either you go the cheaper side which is totally fine yeah or they go thousands of dollars side which is you know not in everyone's budget and then i kind of found that happy medium where i i choose different things and i choose different props and items and then i just kind of modify them because i did that for my captain america too because i i got it came in and then i just i modify the crap out of it that's what i call scavengings yeah well, you are a scavenger. I am scavenge patch kid. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember the first time I put on this costume because, like, I've been working on it, and, like, trying it on, like, as I go to make yeah. sure it all fits. But the first time I had the complete getup was when I was taking Rebel Legion uh, submission photos, and so I am in the bathroom and I put on the croissant and I'm looking at myself, and my dad is going to take the pictures, and he's like watching to make sure like everything's like on correctly in the back and i start like getting really emotional and like i kind of like put my hand over my mouth and he's like no you can't cry we've got to get these photos done now (laughs) and he like kind of like pulled me out of the bathroom he's like no stop looking at yourself you're gonna cry (laughs) but um yeah uh it was really interesting uh building this costume for rebel legion because the uh costume requirements were very inaccurate yeah um, because they were just very old and uh, hadn't been updated. And so I kind of had to do all the research myself. Um, and almost nobody has built this costume, and people that have aren't active on the internet anymore, yeah. for the most part. So I didn't really have anybody I could reach out to for like, hey, how did you do this? What material did you use for this? So I had to do all of it from scratch, which was pretty intensive. Um and I built a whole website, basically like outlining my entire process and all of my research. Um, it's called theroyalcroissant.weebly.com if you want to check it out. Okay. Because um, this is the royal croissant. It's a headdress yeah. that looks like a croissant. It's it's what it is. And uh, I was very surprised when I submitted. I submitted my um, website with it too, with all of my research, and it was an instant approval. So because I was a little concerned because, like this is more accurate than the crl was yeah. but also the judge was probably going off the crl and i'm like this is very different so i was a little nervous but yeah it was an instant approval so that's awesome and yeah. then i found out like a couple months ago there is somebody who recently joined the rebel legion who followed my tutorial uh and built sabe oh, and cool. got approved with sabe following my build that's awesome so that was really exciting to see yeah i i i mean i think that's the great thing about uh about having these skills and all that stuff i mean i'm i'm not 
at that stage yet of where I'm I'm telling it, but like, I'm talking about like you and Hunter Smoke and other people where you work hard on these projects and then you inspire other people to like do it. That's got to be so satisfying. Yeah. To... I also really like um, it. So I, someone uh, commented on a TikTok video that said like, hey, you should do Keira Knightley's costume from Phantom Menace. And I was like, ah, but the money. And then I was like, wait, why don't I just like slap something together like a Kazakh cosplay? Yeah. And I did. It was like the head piece was made out of cardboard attached to a headband. It was like so slapdash. That's so funny. Um, but I started making TikToks with it. And then I just kind of like slowly started like researching. I was like, oh no, I kind of really like this. So I've been doing uh Sabe content on the internet for a while. And I've had so many people reach out to me and be like, when I'm reading the books or when like I think about Sabe. Like I'm picturing you. Yeah. I'm like, like that's all I want in life is to be Sabe because she's so awesome. Yeah. And then that comic book came out, and the cover looks like it's my face, which still weirds me out. I remember the I remember the TikTok you you made. In I the July. oh funny. so then I mean I kind of wanted to build that costume because it looked really cool yeah. and Sabe, um but then that cover came out and it was like. Okay, that looks like my face. Now I really <laughs> have to build the costume. So oh, at some point, I want to get that big blaster that she's holding. And then I want to do, like, I want to take a picture, like, in that same pose and do a side-by-side. -side, yeah. Because I think it'd be really funny. But got to find print files for that blaster. Yeah. Yeah, no. I Oh, man. And I recently just got a resin printer and i'm slowly Ooh. and i'm i am still in the world of learning there yeah. is so much that goes into that and the people that have the the skills going into it kudos to them but for me i have no background in any of that yeah. so it's just a lot of research it's it's a lot of questions but it's also a, a lot of research but after you do everything on your own and you work at it and you work hard on it and you finish the project. It's so satisfying. Yeah. Um, and that's what these costumes are uh, as well, because you are doing the research, you are making sure it looks as screen accurate as it can be. And if not, then you just keep going and, and, mm -hmm. and, and you keep finding different things. Um, but having these costumes and, and stuff like that, it's, it's so much fun. And, when you and also if you're doing it you also find you know some amazing people like yeah. i right now you and i would probably not be sitting on this no. couch talking about costumes if we didn't you know end up doing costumes i would not have a giant croissant on my head yes <laughs> yeah so it's it's star wars changes people star wars does change people it puts a croissant on your head yeah i mean not all the time but i mean if you want to be cool I, I don't need a croissant to be cool you know I think everybody needs a croissant to be cool. And a Hershey Kiss hair pillow. <sighs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, and for anyone that wants to get into, you know, costumes, building droids, all that stuff, there's so many great people out there. Um, our friend Hunter is a great example. Go and check his stuff out. Um, there's also Agent of Mandalore. There's Kenobin Around. There's Clone It Around. There's, there's Flex and Rex. There's 
there's bourbon buckets and I, and the list goes on and on and on, but there's so many, so many, uh, great costume makers out there and people who are part of the costume community love to inspire other people. Yeah. So if you want to get into costumes, just go and do your research Go and find different people that you like um, that do costumes and um, and just really go the distance. Because I didn't really know what to do with Anakin, and I just I was asking the right questions. I was doing my research. I kept watching the movies over and over again. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you have to, you know, take that first step. Uh, so then you can kind of step into the larger world of costuming and. It's so satisfying when it's done because mm-hmm. wearing this is so much fun. And then, you know, uh, we got some great friends like like Star and Cap that, you know, do all this stuff. So, you know, Star does Ahsoka and I do Anakin. And we have so much fun of just g- going around conventions and just doing something that Sky Guy and Snips would do. Yeah. So, yeah. No, That's it's, why it's I really fun. want more prequel yeah. costumers in the area because yeah. almost nobody does costumes from the prequels. Yeah. Because I want a group of people to run around with. Yeah, because I think that would be hilarious. And the next convention that you can see us at is going to be a Grand Ops Comic Con. Yeah, I will be wearing this probably on Saturday. Okay. Um, I'll be wearing Ray on Friday. I usually do Ray on Friday. Okay. Um, haven't figured out what my Sunday is going to be, but Saturday is definitely Sabe. I'll probably switch into Commander Sabe once the croissant becomes too much. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, one thing that I do like though, because I've done one event, uh, as uh, Battle Decoy Sabe. Um, and at Comic Con, it's just kind of happens. Uh, anybody who is a generic Jedi from our base yeah. will just kind of like circle around me and as like my escorts with like their lightsabers up. Cause walking around with this whole get up in a crowd can get kind of challenging because yeah. like I don't want people bumping into me or like to knock it on anything just cause I'm so parent. Like I built it so I know it's like strong enough yeah. but like i don't want to risk any damage <laughs> so, so so it's funny that you brought that up because that's just uh an old memory just popped in my brain but in the original Star Wars battlefront 2 campaign um after the clone wars ended uh and the galactic civil war begins w- one of the first missions is going back to tatooine and it doesn't say which queen but in the game, the queen is dressed up as as Sabe, and she's guarded by a bunch of Jedi Knights after Order sixty six. And your mission is to end her rule, and you have to take her down. I know it's sad, but wow, yeah, that's upsetting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah, we should play that level. <laughs> <laughs> I was really disappointed that um, they didn't include Sabe in the Lego game. Well, I mean, they did, but they didn't do it well. Well, they didn't. They didn't have this costume. No. So, I was very yeah. disappointed. But my friend Michelle uh, sent me like screenshots as she was playing the game, and it would be like handmaidens, and so she'd be like, "Okay." This is what's happening in the scene. Which handmaiden is this? And by process of elimination, we would figure out which handmaiden is, because uh, it's a Lego. Yeah. In the, in the flame gown. Yeah. And so we're like, okay, so uh, Rabe's doing this, Sasha's doing that, uh, Yane's out, 
<laughs> just to, like by process of elimination figuring out which one was i think rabe is the one that was uh like following around the most that's funny it's either rabe or erite the other two were literally detained <laughs> so many sabe rabe sashe yane uh erite Padme, dorme verse uh corde mote and la 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 L-A. E-L-L-E. Really? Yes. Did George come up with all those names? I don't know. I assume so, because they are in the credits. But the names are never stated. Dorme's might be stated. Is Corte in, in the Phantom Menace? No. Um, okay. Corday, Dorme, and Verse are in um, Attack of the Clones. Um, Where are they during the Phantom Menace? They're not handmaidens yet. They're not handmaidens yet. No. Okay. So Padme had her handmaidens, the Sabe, Rabe, Sasha, Yane, and Erte, um, when she was queen. And then when her reign as queen ended, they kind of disbanded. And then Padme was going to become a senator. And so she's like, I don't know how to, like, do all of this without, like, any help. And they're like, well, you don't really need decoys. So you don't need to have your assistants look like you, but you want them to have the same skills we do. And so then she brought on uh, Corday, Dorme, and Verse. And so they were her uh, handmaidens as a senator. Yeah. And when the Clone Wars, Clone Wars, when Attack of the Clones opens, the ship blows up. Yeah. Uh, Corday is the one that dies. Yes. Um, and Verse was also on that ship. And Dorme was the only one that wasn't there. And she's the one that hangs out with Padme the most. In the right, right. The yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and then the- LA was cut um, okay. from the film. Uh, she's in like deleted scenes. Um, and then Mote, you can see um, in the Liberty Dies sequence, she's in like the floating pod. Oh, okay. Yeah. So here's my question. How are 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 these like their actual names? Like no. when they first but then okay. See, I, I, I was saying that because I was like, there's no way it's a coincidence that they all have very similar names to Padme. Yeah, no. So Padme, when she became queen, had to give up her name. Uh because it's she picked a name Amidala. Yeah. Um, because her last name is Naberi. Yeah. So she had to give up her name. And so to honor that, the handmaidens said, why don't we pick names that sound similar to yours? Because I guarantee when someone hears enough A's in a row, they're going to lose track of who's who. Right. So Sabe's original name is Tsaben. Um, Erte is Ertema. Um, Yane is, I think, Suyan. Um, There's so much going on. <laughs> Sasha is uh, Sasha. And then I know Dorme was, I think, Dora. And then Corday, I know, was um, Cordin. And Verse was Versat. Those are the only ones I remember offhand. Okay. So, yeah, they changed their name to Honor Padme. Oh, there you go. Well, do you have any... Do you have any special plans for Halloween? 
Um, no, but I did take it off of work as a religious holiday. Oh. <laughs> because Halloween is mm. a holiday about costuming. And costuming is so much of who I am. So No. You know, I take it off and count it as a religious <laughs> holiday. Well, I mean, I do that for Star Wars Day. So Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I treat that day like Christmas. Like I, I, I wake up, I get presents for people. I go out and I do something Star Wars all day long. I've never gotten a May 4th present from you. Well, these past couple of years I've been in on, on the planet of Batu. So now that I'm back, you might get a present from the Chosen One. But I, I've known you before you moved to Batu. Are we not friends? <laughs> Of what you're saying is true. No, I'm just <laughs> no I'm I... gonna pull a sabe on you. I don't like you anymore. I can get you a present. <laughs> I don't need a present. It's fine. I, I okay. Well, well as. <laughs> As the great Emerald Akbar says, it's a trap. You want a present? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want a present? Right, right, exactly. Uh, but yeah, no, I treat I I treat Star Wars Day as like as a holiday. Um, we're probably going back to the Galaxy's Edge um, this year again, and then and and then for Life Day we have something in the works because uh, a, a decent amount of people in our group have not watched Life Day. Try and get it off. Join us. I already have the schedule. Try and get it off. Off the record, there's a <laughs> lot of scheduling issues <laughs> popping up with that job. Oh, okay, fair so, enough. So, yeah, fair enough. Okay, all right. Well, well, uh, tune in for a special episode for that because life day is a lot of fun i spent life day at galaxy's edge last year and that was insane. yeah and you wore that snuggie yeah it was really nice it, it was, looks nice it was really really nice the and photo you got in front of the million falcon is pretty cool yeah the um uh and it was actually cold enough to wear it too like <laughs> I, I i i was not super hot and i remember the big picture at the end of the night and they actually uh they actually had someone dress up as um uh as the four you you won't understand this but there's a four armed uh cook mm -hmm. and they you know are they're they wear like this giant white purple apron and they got four arms and then they're like they have their own cooking show and and they're like stir whip stir whip and they just they were just walking around the park with forearms and holding a whisk and just going to different places and just saying that line to people and it was the funniest thing oh my gosh and 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 then i remember in 2019 there was also a um you know what i'm not gonna spoil it for you but <laughs> but people have made some great costumes from this holiday special and fun fact about the holiday special um carrie fisher was under the influence of drugs when she was singing that song um at the end of the holiday special yeah that having read two of her biographies yeah uh that doesn't surprise me well i i i mean you have to think 
that after doing a like you know star wars was a series film so and then you go to the holiday special and it's well just... i also gotta imagine you need them to get through something as crazy and ridiculous as the holiday special i yeah because there's a lot of musical numbers there's there's a lot there's a lot going there's on there's also um uh beach ken uh no. dressed as anakin as a uh, luke he looks like a uh ken doll Well, yeah, because before that, um, sh- shortly before the holiday special, uh, Mark Hamill got in a car accident. Yeah, but they could have matched his foundation. Eh. He's orange. Oh. I'm I'm just surprised that the Harrison Ford was in it. With the bleach blonde hair. He's yeah. got like that, that beach oh, wave. Yeah, no. Total Ken. Yeah. Total Ken. Yeah. And I think the big thing that I'm surprised but happy about is that when disney got the property and then they had the mandalorian came out like of just through the later projects they pretty much just accepted it and they kind of make fun of themselves which is fantastic because they sell merchandise because if they like sell the orbs they like Mm -hmm. they uh they sell the uh chewy wearing like the life day robes like as a plushie and they sell like the they 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 sell the robes they like they sell the snuggies and it's it's so cool and it's very very comfy by the way i love that snuggie it's very 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 cool um but yeah so life day november 17th that's coming up so for you calendar if not we're we're definitely gonna do a watch party for that uh and then we have one more listener that said colin we're in question with prep time, do you think Batman w- would be uh, Anakin slash Vader? Oh, like in a fight? Or like... So there was a fan film that came out a while ago. I can't think of the name of it, but they actually had... Um, I guess the Empire captured Superman, and then Batman goes to the Death Star, and then he tries to save Superman, and then him and vader fight and i believe they made two endings of where batman wins and then uh and 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 vader wins like like they made two alternate endings for it i don't know i mean i think darth vader's got the whole force sensitive thing which you know has its advantages and yeah i i don't think batman really stands a chance that's a good question for our friend josh because he is like yes a batman fanatic yes um so I'll talk to him and see what he thinks, and we'll get back to you. How does that sound? Um, if you want to see more fun videos, keep following us on YouTube, uh, all that stuff. Go on TikTok. We have revived TikTok. We have a lot of fun videos in there. On uh, on YouTube, we're we're posting real uh, shorts, not reels. Shorts. Well, we're also posting reels on Instagram. Reels on Instagram. Fun facts on there. Go on our website www.starwarsstarwarsstuffpodcast.com yes I, I should know that but you should have led that because you made the website I did yeah um also if you want to see more content of uh this croissant you can uh check out my tiktok I'm just gonna say, shamelessly self plug <laughs> scavenge patch kid there you go there you go I uh, and if you go on on our website you can find the links to all of our stuff um, if you go on patreon.com, type in Star Wars 
Star Wars stuff 2187. I think it's Star Wars Stuff Podcast 2187. There you go. Star Wars Stuff Podcast 2187. You can find a Patreon. We got exclusive content on there. Go and check it out uh, for myself and Ray and from all of us at the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Have a great Halloween and may the force be with you. Always. This happens every time. <laughs>